Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome into a special edition of Chords and Courts. I'm Sean Cavanaugh. I'm just going to do something a little different today. I'm just going to review some of the concerts that I've been to. Lucky enough, obviously. Through COVID, we were deprived of concerts and it's probably my favorite thing in the world. So I was extra, extra sad. But these past couple of weeks, I've been able to get back out there, you know, through the help of vaccinations and tours really starting to get going again. Get back out there and see a lot of people. Got to go to the Firefly Music Festival in Dover. That was four days, an incredible weekend. And then just last night, saw the legend himself, Harry Styles. And that kind of just inspired me to throw out my thoughts in a podcast, a quick little concert review, starting with my boy Harry, absolutely unreal. I mean, I already love this man enough, as I'm sure most of you do, quite understandably. I don't know a single person who hates Harry Styles. Either you just don't know much about him or you're absolutely in love with him. And somehow I fell even more in love last night. Dude came out, obviously crazy screaming fans. I was a little nervous, as understandable, but you know, with One Direction, boy band kind of concerts, there's gonna be a lot of just high pitched squealing and screaming. And go for it. I completely understand. But I was just hoping for a little bit more singing than screaming. That's all I wanted. And leading up to the show, everyone was like, nah, it's not going to happen. Like, good luck, dude. So I brought out this little sound meter I have on my phone. As soon as Harry comes out and the lights go dark, everyone starts screaming. The decibel level was legitimate, like 115, which is insane. If you ever see those things in a stadium, right, where they're trying to measure the crowd noise and they're pumping it up and it's fake, this was a legitimately 115 ear-piercing decibels. And I was like, uh-oh, I'm not going to be able to even hear anything, whatever. Not the case. Some of the most dedicated fans I've ever seen. I mean, I know every song and was singing right there along with them, but they knew every word to every song, sung at the top of their lungs, worked in their screams, you know, when Harry's doing his thing, throwing some little suggestive sexual dance moves in there. Of course, that's going to get everybody screaming. I was even screaming. But the level of dedication to just the singing back and forth, one of the best crowds I've ever seen, especially in an arena setting, I was blown away. Not only blown away by just the crowd and the energy, the energy from Harry was insane. The dude is a performer. There's a little bit of Mick Jagger influence in there as a front man. There's a little bit of Chris Martin as he, you know, kind of stumbles through with his British accent and just is so genuine and loving and talking about how great the world is in between songs. And... But he's so much just himself. He's a unique, immense talent. Never stopped running around the stage. The stage was set up in the middle, so there's no curtain. There's no back to it. He was giving everything he had to every corner of the arena, every fan that was there. At little parts where he wasn't singing, he'd run down, blow kisses to everyone, made sure every part of the arena was involved. And I feel like that's just a lot of his genuine energy of how caring he is for his fans he made sure to put on a heck of a show. And not only him, who his voice is obviously incredible, but his band, he came out with a six-piece band. And first, right off the bat, you notice there's three girls, three guys, mixed race, which is not something you see, especially in a rock band. You know, it's usually four or five white guys up there, especially at this headlining status with some of the bands, you know, like Foo Fighters and Coldplay. And the list goes on and on. It was so cool to see a drummer who was a female drummer. Shout out to Sarah Jones. I fell in love with Harry even more than I did, but I also fell in love with Sarah because she was such a badass on the kit. 
absolutely unreal. Everybody on stage was unreal. Mitch, obviously, with the guitarist, if you know, big Harry Styles fan. He does a lot of the songwriting with Harry and crazy talented. He had a couple of guitar solos in there, which I did not expect. You're going to see a former boy band pop star, and this was not a pop show at all. This was pretty much a rock concert in the best ways possible. Full piece band. I don't think there was a single moment where you heard something and it was like, oh, that was back, you know, it's a backtrack. They're just playing that and playing something over it. None of this was pre recorded. The moments that you could hear on the album, like Fine Line, which is a little bit more poppy, a little bit more produced, weren't even evident in the live show. Like the little times they filled in, you could tell they were being made acoustically from somebody on the stage with the instruments. I was absolutely blown away by the musicality of his band. He was a legit rock performer rock star not a pop star just singing with a backtrack and dancers absolutely amazing talent i was blown away i had high expectations but he completely soared over them band was amazing too it was honestly one of the best shows i've seen and i've been lucky enough to see a lot of shows so not completely biased at all as much as i love him he completely lived up to it absolutely unreal show i'm sure if you're listening to this and you're there you're gonna see him somewhere else along the tour go 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 it was absolutely worth it and a funny story too like the tickets are been insane if you go and look i didn't think i was going to be able to go but i was like there's no way i can miss harry styles i can't miss the opportunity to see him in the flesh so a little trick for you there's a there's a couple of little tricks but if you go and you're seeing the tickets are really really expensive just wait until the last day wait until the day of the show people get desperate they want to sell them if you go on Ticketmaster, see it's sold out there's always it's never sold out there's always somebody reselling tickets so go find the cheapest seat possible even if you have to and if you're by yourself or with only one person there's always a way and yes i did kind of go to a harry Styles show by myself but that's not the point my sister was there i just didn't sit with her i i swear it's okay this is my dedication to Harry Styles. Anyways, if you go by yourself or with a small group, there's always a way. And one of the tips I can give you, which is what I did, I bought a ticket for like a nosebleed, went up, checked the seat. Not a bad view. I was kind of impressed. It was like the top of the upper section. I was like, there's got to be a way. I can get closer. I can, I can figure this out. So I'm thinking about the pit. And one way you can get to the pit is if you have a screenshot of somebody else's pit ticket, then you just show someone and like, oh, hey, I never got my wristband. Maybe you get banded up. Or you can do what another person I know did, just buy all the color wristbands off Amazon or something and just get into the show, buy a cheap seat and then just, you know, go down by the pit or ask somebody, see what the wristband color is. Once you find out the wristband color, put that thing on and just walk confidently past the security guard. You'll probably be good. It's all about walking confident. You have to walk confident. So what I did, I went in, checked out my seat in the nosebleeds, got there pretty early. So I had time to finagle this, go down, Checked on the like resale website. So I went on StubHub, found a ticket that wasn't sold yet, went, found that seat. It was like two rows from the pit, right by the floor. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here because no one sold it. It was on sale for like $950. No one's bought it yet. If no one's bought it and the show's about to start, then maybe no one's going to show up. So I went there, sat down, and this is also a key. Started making friends with the people who are already sitting there. So a guy was sitting there in the seat, and I was like, ah, someone already beat me to it. I, my strategy is screwed. My genius idea is out the window. So I just leaned over, started talking to him and was kind of almost asking like, oh, did you like, is this your seat? Because just one young guy sitting by himself. I was like, were you doing the same thing I did? And he had a bit of an accent and didn't quite understand me. So he just thought like, oh, I'm sitting in your seat. I'm sorry. I just am a seat over. 
because I don't know these people next to me. So I was just giving them some space. So I played super cool, played super dumb. I was like, oh no, it's all good, dude. You can sit in my seat. I'm going to go see a friend. I'm going to go grab a drink, go to the bathroom. I'll be back. When you come back for the show, you move over. It's fine. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll move over. It's all good, all good. And I found out he was from Vegas, which is where I lived. He's Brazilian. My mom is Brazilian. So I just kind of cut it, cut it up with him made some friends and then you know no one suspects you of anything so the show starts i'm in the seat i was like can't believe this is happening fingers crossed no one kicks me out two people come next to me they're sitting in the two seats next to me so now i'm boxed in i'm good good to go no one's gonna come it's one individual seat and then these two people came i was like oh no this is it right as harry's about to come out the lights went dark this is it i'm gonna get kicked out Nope, they kicked out the two people next to me and come sit right next to me. No one said a word to me. Anytime I walked down, usher checking tickets, just walked confidently, said hi, walked right by. No issues at all. So all you people out there, if you're ever like, oh, I don't really know tickets, there's always a way. It's never sold out and there's always a way you can get closer, especially if you're by yourself. So that is a perk. I know people think it's weird to go to a concert alone, but no, there's perks to this. And to wrap it all up, Harry Styles, 10 out of 10. Amazing. Go see him. He's a legend. He's going to be a legend for as long as he keeps doing this. So now as aside from Harry Styles, aside from the best part of this, I'm going to do a quick little review. I was lucky enough to go to Firefly Music Festival uh, last weekend. Just kind of a quick glance through the schedule, set by set, give you a little breakdown on quick reviews. I'll use a stupid little rating system of just keep it lighthearted because I don't like critiquing music that much. You know, I love music so much. These are all artists who are doing it better than I can just playing my guitar in my room. So I'm not going to be too harsh on them. So we'll just do a little rating system out of five fireflies. That's how I'm going to do this. So it'll be one to five, five obviously being the best. If it's a five firefly performance, it was amazing. So let's just go ahead and start with the weekend. Thursday, it was pouring, pouring down rain. They pushed back all the sets. All the schedule got mixed up. Me and my boy Harrison, who you've heard on this podcast, were like, please just do not screw with Phoebe Bridger's set. If you shorten her set, this is half the reason we came. We're going to be so upset, as, a set, as, as upset as we are listening to Punisher on a sad night when your heart is broken. So luckily, they didn't cut her set. They pushed everyone else back, but Phoebe's still going on. So we just went, saw Phoebe Bridger's. Amazing, as Phoebe usually is. One little, not even a... This is just how Phoebe is. It's not even a criticism. It just almost looks like she doesn't want to be up there on stage. Like she's just so genuine. She's like, I have to play my music. I love playing music, but I don't really like being in this from front of this many people. The social awkwardness of being on stage. You could tell she's just up there playing her music with her band, like having a good time. But her smile just made me melt every time. Every song sounded just like it did off the album. She went through a pretty tight set, only got 45 minutes. You know, didn't play every song you want to hear, but she played most of Punisher. She hit Chinese Satellites, which was enough for me. Opened up, you know, with um, Motion Sickness and Kyoto to get it going off the bat. An interesting Bo Burnham, that funny feeling cover, which kind of came out of left field. But I kind of liked how she did it. They ended with like a big band sort of soaring intro that had her, the most movement that Phoebe did all night. Um, there was a big moment, too, where she took off her fancy Prada jacket and was... You know, just wearing like the sequin top, playing guitar that had a big crowd reaction. But it was just a great performance. You really, you know, you're not there to see Phoebe jumping around, rocking out where you're going to be headbanging the whole time. You're there for the music. And she sounded just like she does on the album. Uh, I know the end was actually pretty good, you know, pretty riotous or whatever the word is. Set closer. They got a little bit rocked out on that. She didn't smash the guitar. I thought she might like she did. 
on SNL and cause a stir, but it was a great set. I would have, I'll give it four out of five, four and a half out of five Fireflies just because I love Phoebe so much. And she delivered. There's just not a lot of showmanship. There's not a ton of production there, but it was really cool seeing her at nighttime. Definitely added a little bit to that. And then after Phoebe was the legend, the up and coming legend, Billie Eilish. So I saw Billie Eilish a couple years ago, right before COVID hit. And at that point she was 18 and I was blown away by her stage presence. She's 19 now and she's gotten even better somehow. Just commands the stage, runs around full of energy, always dancing, gets the crowd involved, mixes in the little sing-along back and forths, has the presence of mind to do a little couple monologues in between songs and really be just genuine and honest. Someone throws a hat on stage, she grabs it, dances with it, puts it on. Crazy stage performance. Nobody at the age of 19 has the right to be this confident in themselves. I don't know how she does it. Her voice is incredible. The sound had sounded uh, pretty solid. Um, I know her albums are pretty heavily produced. They have a lot of you know, miscellaneous sounds in the background, a lot of instrumentation layered on top of each other because, you know, Phineas is her brother usually doing most of the production and it's very layered, you know, recording over and over. So it sounded really good live. It was just a drummer and Phineas up there. Uh, obviously, there's some backtracks played in in the background and, and Billy's just singing. When her voice was unreal, the lights were pretty solid. The stage production was amazing. She built out this second little... B stage runway that no other headliner that weekend had. So she got even closer to the fans. Those moments were really cool. Uh, a couple of the slower acoustic moments were a couple of highlights. Um, she played not all of her slow songs. She went through 21 songs though. She pretty much played both of her albums. Just, you know, skipped a, a little bit here or there. Uh, when the Party's Over was a highlight. Just how it builds up and kind of hearing her falsetto in the beginning was insane. And then the ending with Happier Than Ever, one of the best songs of the entire festival weekend. That song slapped so hard, was completely losing it, as was she. The whole crowd was jumping. Uh, it was a great way to end the first night. So we moved to Friday now. A little bit longer of a day kind of jumped around. The cool part about Firefly was all the stages were pretty close together where you could run from one side of the park to the other, which if you've been to a lot of music festivals, especially the bigger ones, that's not always the case. For example, Lollapalooza is legitimately a mile from one end of the park to the other. So the two main stages are an actual mile apart without counting for all the foot traffic that you have to dodge through running from one end to the other, you're gassed. That was not the case at Firefly. You can make it back and forth maybe 10 minutes max. So that was really cool. You got to see a little bit of a lot of different sets. So on Friday, we started with Peach Bit. Peach Bit just sounded just like the album. Oh, wait, let me go back to Billie Eilish. Five Fireflies out of five. Unreal. Now we go to Peach Pit on Friday. Very perfect for the early afternoon setting. You know, it's nice and hot. Everybody's chilling, getting their first drinks. Perfect sound for that. They played a couple of their new songs, which obviously haven't been released, so I didn't know them, but they sounded even better than some of their old stuff. And the best part about Peach Pit was just their quirky lead singer just bouncing around. It's just so much good energy. The guitars were some of the best sounding guitars of the weekend. They sound another band that sounded just like the album. Go ahead and give Peach Pit, just because I don't know them as well as a lot of fans. I know there's dedicated fans to Peach Pit who are growing that are, might be a little bit mad at me, but it's no slight to them. I just don't know the music as much as I will like to, and I'm going to learn more. But Peach Pit, four fireflies out of five. 
Then we jumped over to Judah and the Lion, just kind of one of those chill sets where you're laying in the grass, kind of embracing it, and you're like, oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song. Way better energy than I expected, but it was still kind of that mid-afternoon set that kind of gets washed in the, the sun. You're kind of distracted by what you're eating. Not everyone's involved. It wasn't a huge crowd for them. So I'd give Judah and the Lion three star, three fireflies out of five. Then we jumped over to Arlo Parks. We got super close for Arlo. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's done a couple um, covers of Frank Ocean that have gotten really popular, especially Ivy. Her new album was incredible. She's kind of a almost R&B singer that has like a little bit higher beat to it. A British singer, absolutely going to be a superstar. If you need any more proof, just go look up her cover of Fake Plastic Trees, the Radiohead cover she did with Phoebe Bridgers. Absolutely chilling, the vocals. Her talent came off this comes right off the screen in your ears. You know that she's going to be a star. So we had to make sure that we saw her when she's on a tiny stage in the middle of the day because a couple of years from now, she's going to be on the main stage, no doubt about it. She killed it. Her band was great. Another just perfect mid-afternoon setting, that type of energy. All of her songs sounded amazing. Her voice sounded just like it does on the record. It was incredible to hear. Arlo Parks, definitely a name you have to look out for. Give her four fireflies out of five. Then we jumped over to Surf Mesa just to kill some time at the, uh, essentially the EDM tent. It was called the Pavilion Stage. And let me tell you, I don't think this dude played a single one of his own songs. Every song was just ripped off another DJ. We didn't stay for very long. It was upbeat and it's kind of like what you hear. I know if you know Surf Mesa, it's like the, he has one song that's on TikTok that's a remix of somebody else's song. So I guess this guy's just a remix guy just taking other people's stuff. But good for him. He's using it. Slide on him, one firefly out of five. Wasn't very impressed. Then saw a little bit of Taking Back Sunday, which, I mean, is just all nostalgia, right? I just wanted to go. I wanted to hear Make Damn Sure. I wanted to hear Liar. Didn't get to hear Make Damn Sure. I had to leave early to go catch Cage the Elephant, which is next. But I did hear Liar. It was fun. Everybody's going crazy. But the one thing about Taking Back Sunday is, wow, they looked so old. So old. I did not, I remember Taking Back Sunday from my youth, but I didn't think it was that far back in my youth. You picture like, when you're listening to them, it's punk rock, they're like teenagers. No, they're like old, old. And it was looked really sad to watch on stage. One of those where it just didn't feel right, like this old man with his long hair running around, like still, you know, yelling expletives and acting all punk rock and stuff. Just was not the great vibes. Didn't sound the best either. Definitely not one of the bands that sounded like they do on the album. So I'm going to go ahead. The very brief snippet I saw of Taking Back Sunday, One Firefly. Then the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Go See Cage the Elephant. Absolutely insane. Lead singer Matt is a madman. Probably the craziest frontman I've ever seen, period. I don't care what genre it is. This dude's more wild than Travis Scott. I saw him once at Lollapalooza and he was trying to climb the stage scaffolding all the way up to the top. He crowd surfs on people, notably. He walks on people's heads. He's running around, apparently studied like, I forgot what form of Japanese performance it is, but studied the that type of dance and loves to incorporate that in his set. He comes out in a full like Kanye style suit, just sequin mask over his face, like Yeezus style. And as he's going through the set, he's like taking it off piece by piece. He's shirtless halfway through the set. And then he's putting it back on. He takes his, puts a mask on, then he can't sing through it. So he rips it off. 
it was just all over the place, going crazy, and the band sounded amazing. Actually, honestly, even better than they do on the record. And then once they got to their hits in the bottom half of the set, you know, Cigarette Daydreams, um, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, everyone was going crazy. And it's one of those bands where you realize, like, oh, I know this song. I know more songs than you think. And the whole crowd kind of has that reaction. That's the best part of a festival where people are there not just to see that band so they don't really know if they know all the songs they're there for one song then they realize like oh i know this song too and they get more and more into it cage the elephant was definitely one of the best of the weekend at converting the crowd you know people were there just like oh i kind of know them and then by the end of the set everyone was like that was amazing then after cage who rocked it the killers came out and i know i was making fun of taking back sunday for being old and the killers are up there in age but this is the difference this is why they're at the headlining spot in their career the same, you know, trajectory as Taking Back Sunday or same timeline. This is why the Killers are, were there at and Taking Back Sunday was on a side stage earlier in the day because the Killers absolutely killed it. Pun intended. They were unreal. I've seen them twice before. This was the best set I've ever seen from them. Just absolute energy. Dave Kooning on guitar had been away from the band for a while. He came back. This, I think, was his first like big show back with the band. He was giving it full energy, just absolutely shredding. Um, the Killers have dropped a couple of albums, one recently, and you always wonder with like these bands, like, oh, are they gonna play all the new stuff? Are they gonna play like things I barely heard of? They did not do that. They played, I think, 19 or so songs, 11 of which were from their first two albums, Hot Fuss and Sam's Town, which are the best and the ones with all the hits that you know. And then three more from Day and Age, which is their third album, which has the song, you know, Are We Human or Are We Dancers? Or is it Are We Denser? Nobody knows, but Dancers is more fun. And everyone around me, I've never seen that much energy from people who are kind of like in the beginning, oh, whatever, quickly turned into everybody jumping up and down, losing it for every song. They brought on a guy in the, from the stage, this kid, his name was Caden. Yeah, I guess he had a sign like, let me play drums for this song. And it wasn't even like a popular song. It wasn't Mr. Brightside or anything. It was for Reasons Unknown, which if you're not a huge Killers fan, you probably don't even know that song. They bring him on stage to play drums. And Brandon Flowers, the lead singer for The Killers, is like, are you sure you can do this? Like, give me something. And the kid just ice water in his veins, crushed it. Was absolutely unreal. The whole crowd's going insane, chanting his name at the end, Caden, Caden, Caden. It was a memory I'll never forget. It was unreal. And then the rest of the set was incredible. Um, with all these things that I've done, you know, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. It was one of the loudest crowd moments I heard the entire weekend. Confetti's blasting off. And even my friend Harrison, who is a biggest Tame Impala fan I know, kind of admitted to me later that weekend, who we're getting to Tame Impala next, but admitted to me that the Killers were better than Tame Impala. Like one of the best sets he had ever seen. It was one of the best sets I had ever seen, even though I'd seen them twice before. Five Fireflies out of five. Even though KG Elephant, actually, I'll give it seven Fireflies out of five. KG Elephant got five. I don't know if I mentioned that, but. The Killers was above and beyond. Seven fireflies for the Killers. Absolutely unreal. And then we ended that night with Rez, who they call the Space Mom. Not really my jam. I was too busy getting on the high from the Killers. I wasn't really into the bass music. Sorry to all you EDM fans. I was eating like a corn dog or something in the back, just starving. Actually, no, it was like empanadas. So much better than Rez. Sorry. So then we go to Saturday. And I started with this little known band called Almost Monday who were so good. Saw them at this tiny little Bud Light promotional tent on the side. You couldn't even see them. It was just like basically like a tiny little club. Everybody was on the same level. It wasn't really a stage. It was like they were playing at a bar. And they sounded amazing despite the 
couple little speaker setup they had. So, so good. If you kind of like indie rock, if you like Hippocampus, uh, Band Camino sort of vibes, go listen to Almost Monday. I actually ran into them later that day, got to chat them for a little bit, just said, you know, like you guys absolutely killed it. And they were just a bunch of normal guys. So, so good. On the come up. Check out for Almost Monday. Four Fireflies out of five. Was blown away by them. Then we saw Jackson, one Firefly out of five. He was kind of, he even admitted like, I'm just up here. I didn't even think I was doing music. He's like a TikToker who became a music guy. I wasn't really impressed. Sorry, I was just kind of, whatever. One Firefly. Then we saw Elohim, who was really good. Um, she sang live, which is not something you see a lot from EDM people. Had a couple more songs. He realized like, oh, this is Elohim. That's cool. Two Fireflies out of five. I was impressed, but we weren't like having the best time ever. Then we went to Oliver Tree, which wasn't even music. It was just a comedic performance. That dude is the biggest troll ever. I only really know one song, so wasn't expecting much. He's just a performer. He brought out like a giant guitar. He was play fighting with his drummer. They had a physical fist fight on the stairs. He pulled a prank where his like pants fell down and he ran behind the stage like so embarrassed and it was wasn't even just a performance I don't even remember any of the songs it was just a sketch comedy so he gets three fireflies out of five for that because he was just making us laugh it was almost like a stand-up comedian mixed in with all the music that weekend if you can see him at a festival go I wouldn't recommend you know the music isn't that amazing where go buy an Oliver Tree ticket but if you're at a festival and he's playing and you have no one else just go for the laugh the dude was unlike anything I'd ever seen absolutely hilarious such a troll High, high energy. I'll give him that. So then we saw, went over to this one of the smaller stages, saw Remy Wolf. Um, couple, I know a couple of songs. She's really good. She's an up and coming one. You've probably heard a couple of her songs on social media and TikTok, whatever. She's, that's how she's become a name. Uh, her song, Photo ID with Dominic Fike, is super, super catchy. She actually brought out Dominic Fike for that. So that was really cool. One of the better moments. Um, it was kind of interesting. Her stage production almost felt like a Disney Channel show, just kind of the writing and what she was wearing, the outfits and stuff. So it was an interesting vibe because then she threw in like a new song and there was a line about eating ass, which was like, where did that come from? You're getting all these Disney Channel vibes and she's like throwing some little bit of punk attitude in your face. But we only saw a little bit of her, not the full set, so I can't give it a full judgment. But from what I saw, definitely super, super talented, great voice. I give it three fireflies. Then we saw Dominic Fike for his full set, and my friends thought he was kind of chaotic. He runs around the stage a little bit. He almost seemed, maybe he was high or something, I don't know, but talent-wise, unreal. The dude is amazing. He can play. He can sing in so many different ways. He can rap. His songs change from genre to genre. I kind of liked his quirky banter, even though it was a little bit off-kilter, um, you know, one time he has a song with Paul McCartney and he just goes, so I wrote the song with my friend Paul. He was in some band called The Roaches or something back in the 60s. I don't know. Like, how can you just humbly brag about being friends and writing a song with Paul McCartney in that way? Like, that takes a certain gravitas, a certain quirkiness, comedic mindset that I kind of enjoyed. I kind of liked his off-kilter attitude. And then just playing-wise, sounded so good. Great guitarist as well. His whole band was amazing. Four Fireflies out of five. I was blown away by Dominic Fike. If you don't know him now, go listen to him. You start with, obviously everybody knows the song Three Nights, but Chicken Tenders is so catchy. Um, the song he did with Paul McCartney called Venus is a good one to start with. Her phone numbers is another one that's just going to be stuck in your head. His last album was incredible. Go listen to Dominic Fike. 
Then after Dominic, we saw Glass Animals, who had one of the bigger crowds that I saw the entire weekend, uh, for especially for a non-headliner. People were super, super amped. There were a lot of Glass Animal t-shirts that day. Everyone was ready for Wavy Davey and the band, and they crushed it. Definitely one of the heavier bases for kind of a rock band, I guess you could call them that, where you could feel it in your chest and they kind of just hit you. And it was a good vibe. It was kind of a good dance party type of feel where Davey was just absolutely losing it. It was so cool to see because that was the first time they had played a festival since COVID. He was almost crying on stage. The crowd was, like I said, one of the biggest I'd ever seen. So they were singing every word and you could tell it really had an emotional impact on him. And then to end the set before Heat Waves, out of nowhere, Denzel Curry comes on the stage for Tokyo Drifting, absolutely slays his verse. Everybody went insane. It was one of the coolest moments of the weekend. And then, you know, Denzel runs off and uh, Dave from Glass Animals says, like, that's the first time they'd ever done that together on stage since they recorded the song. So that was a special, special moment to have that happen. Definitely one of the highlights of the weekend. Four fireflies out of five for Glass. After Glass, we saw Krangbin, which is kind of lo-fi, guitar, music it's just a one drummer who's just there to like basically play a metronome as the two people from the band Krangbin is I don't really know they're kind of mysterious they wear wigs there's one female who's on bass and singing and then one guy on guitar who's just absolutely shredding the entire time perfect just chill vibes never sounded I've never heard a cleaner sounding guitar live in my life absolutely unreal performance from Krangbin. Just the perfect vibes. Exactly what you would think if you go listen to them. Super chill. They have that song Texas Sun by Leon Bridges, probably their most famous one. And if you ever need, like you're just driving by the sunset or if you're sitting on a beach or if you're, you know, having a nice romantic night with your partner, perfect music for all these situations. And it was perfect for that moment that we were in at the nighttime prepping for Tame Impala after the high of glass. Just perfect chill vibes incredible musicality performance just sounded so amazing some of the best musicians of the weekend for sure five fireflies out of five for krangbin and then of course the legend himself kevin parker and his team his band tam and paula were absolutely incredible i know they get a lot of crap now if you're the guy who oh i love tam and paula i am the guy who loves tam and paula and i don't care because he's amazing and they sound just, I don't know how they reproduce all the sounds, because obviously Kevin does everything himself on the recordings and somehow gets his band to play just like he does. And it was unreal. So like first couple songs, you're like, all right, they sound amazing, but there's just vibe in, there's some lights. And then all of a sudden, Elephant kicks in and the craziest lasers I had ever seen are shooting everywhere. I've seen a decent amount of shows by far the best light show I've ever seen in my life. Just lasers flying everywhere. This giant UFO type spaceship is above them on stage, comes down, starts throwing lights in every direction. The visuals in the background are as you would, you know, there's, I forgot with, I think it was like with Posthumous Forgiveness or uh, I forgot what song it was, but these waves are just like playing in the background. And like, I wasn't even on anything. I was completely sober and just lost in a trance. It's like you're listening to Kevin absolutely shred and just these, waves are going in the background and that wasn't even the best part of the whole set obviously the sing-along with feels like it only goes backwards was a highlight the crazy things that were going on during let it happen were absolutely insane i don't know where to begin where to start but this is another over five six seven fireflies for kevin parker and tame impala absolutely unreal 
even if you don't like them and you can't get into them, just watch from a background, like go to a Tame Impala show, you'll be converted. Just the lights are so amazing and the sound live is absolutely incredible. I don't understand why anyone would hate on them. Even if you don't do drugs, they're still incredible. It's not just music for people who like psychedelics. It is psychedelic music, but it's for everyone. Absolutely amazing. Go see Tame Impala. Then we'll end it, wrap it up with Sunday, which is kind of one of the lighter days where we just kind of drifted, obviously three days of a music festival and we camped, you're dragging, you're walking through the mud every day. We walked, I think, an average of 12 to 15 miles a day back and forth from the stages and the campground and everything. So Sunday was kind of a chiller day. Let's just bounce around here or there. Started with Middle Kids, only caught like the last couple songs of them. So I won't even, of the couple songs I caught, Four Fireflies, Middle Kids, a band that I like. Their new album's really good. Go listen to it. Definitely want to catch them again in much in a more full setting. Uh, then we bumped over to Denzel Curry just to give him some love because of what he did the night before with Glass Animals. Uh, super impressed. I mean, it was just a not a full performance, just a rapper with a DJ. So the sound wasn't the best, but super impressed by his ability to just rap every line as he's jumping around up there. So I'll go ahead and give him three fireflies. Uh, then we bounced over to Rit Momney, who did the famous cover of Girl Put Your Records On. That moment was really cool. Rit was interesting because he kind of just sat there and played um, on the keys, didn't really move around a lot, had not monitors, like, you know, the usual in-ear headsets they have where they're listening to the playback and stuff. He had giant over-the-ear headphones. So I don't really know if that was an intentional choice of its style or something with how he deals with just listening, but it kind of made for a much more chill performance. His voice was really good, though. So three fireflies out of five. That Once he played Girl Put Your Records On, that was a cool sing-along moment. Then we bounced over to Mount Joy on the main stage, and they're kind of a folksy rock band if you haven't heard of them. Highly, highly recommend going to see them. One of the best energetic sets just kept building and building. Everybody in the crowd was having a good time. You look over, everyone is smiling. Even if they don't know the songs, nobody could sit down. They're all standing up by the end of the set. Four Fireflies, maybe five out of five for Mount Joy. Great performance. Definitely one of the best, maybe the best on Sunday. So, so good. Go see them if you can. Then we bounced over to Nelly, the old legend himself. And Nelly had just dropped a country-ish album. I know he did that remix with Florida Georgia Line for Cruz. And since, I guess he's gone into more of his country roots and dropped a complete country album, which he kept reminding everybody of during the set by yelling, Heartland. And his DJ would be like, when I yell Heartland, you you yell Heartland. And even I just stumbled on the words like, what kind of chant is that? That, like no one was yelling it back he started playing a couple of new songs and everyone's like oh man like what i was talking about earlier when the old legends come out they're like are they gonna play their new crap no one was vibing with it just like dude get rid of this then he drops cruise and everybody starts singing like why is nelly playing this song okay cool it's a country song at least everybody knows the words and then afterwards he finally gave up first he said go catch he's i think his exact words were go get my album Heartland in stores. Like, Nelly, dude, what year is it? I'm sorry, you. I know how you made your money, but that's not how it is anymore. Like, who's going to stores? What stores? What stores do you go buy an album anymore? That's not how it works anymore, Nelly. It made me feel really bad for him because he's maybe still living in the past a little bit. But I'm glad he lived in the past for the end of his set because he dropped Hot in Here, he dropped Country Grammar, he dropped all of his hits, and everybody in the back was where we were was just vibing and actually I shouldn't say everyone everyone over the age of 20 
four, maybe, was vibing, having a great time. And then all of the, especially the white girls, but anybody under the age of 24, you could not, like, didn't know the words. And me and my friends were just so in shock. I shouldn't say 24. I'll give it actually like 20 something, 21 ish, maybe. Because the two friends we were with, they knew the songs and they're younger than 24. So I apologize to Evan and Zoe if you're listening. But any Gen Zer who didn't know these Nelly classics just made me cringe on the inside. I feel so bad for them. They're so just uncultured. But one of the highlights of the weekend, obviously, Nelly just dropping back some throwbacks. It was a great vibe. Not the best sounding or anything or the best performance. It's just pure nostalgia. So for that, Three fireflies out of five. Then we ended the day with Sophie Tucker, who knew a couple songs, but didn't expect much. It's a guy and a girl. They're kind of house-y music. Blew us away. Absolutely unreal. Crazy sound. It was a dance party from start to finish. I've never seen more dancing the entire weekend. Everybody was losing it. I was sweating dancing so much. Then halfway through, they dropped the a couple songs in Portuguese and like shout out where are my Brazilians and I was like right here I'm Brazilian this is amazing and one of the best sets of the weekend five fireflies out of five if you can go see Sophie Tucker even if it's just a DJ set or something go I don't know if they were just so energetic because this was they kept saying over and over their first live show in 569 days because they have been doing a live stream during COVID and everything so this was their first time stepping back out and they absolutely crushed it so, so good, so energetic, just nonstop from beginning to end of their set, an hour of just straight dancing. Even if you didn't like house music, you couldn't not move. It was so, so good. Then after that, a straight hour of dancing and house music went to a straight hour of just rocking out pure musicianship, jamming with Portugal the Man. Now, if you think of Portugal the Man, you think of Feel It Still, you think of some of their songs, especially their newest album, even though it's not new, of kind of popular songs you hear in the commercials and stuff. And if that's what you wanted to hear, that's not what you were going to get from Portugal the Man because they just played like covers. They mixed in, I think, a Metallica cover to start the show into Slayer, into a Pantera like mashup. Then they drop in their song Live in the Moment. So you're like, okay, they're back to Portugal the Man throwing something. Then they drop in a Nirvana cover of In Bloom throw out a little bit of Black Sabbath, mix in a couple of their other songs, and they never stopped playing. From beginning to end, I think they took a two-second break where the lights went out and they like you saw the guys up there getting some water. I think they were drinking straight whiskey at one point and just right back to it. Crazy visuals uh, in the background, but it was really all just about the music, just nonstop. They worked in a Rolling Stones cover and a David Bowie cover into Pink Floyd at the end before they stopped and they're like, all right, I know everyone wants to hear Feel It Still. We'll play Feel It Still's stupid song. And there's like, and then he admitted like, well, it's kind of my favorite song. But I don't think it was because they played it and like cut it off as soon as possible. Like they played it for everyone, cut it off, and then went right back into the Pink Floyd cover into their song, which Purple, Yellow, Red, and Blue, which was a vibe, but it was just jamming, jamming, jamming. Five Fireflies out of five. I know not for everyone. I heard a lot of people who've seen them recently and like, well, that wasn't what I expected. That None of their songs sounded like they did on the album, which is true. I'll give you that. But I think it was better because they just completely rocked out. And then to wrap it up, I ended up ending my Firefly weekend with Machine Gun Kelly, who was not what I expected. But his last album, Low Key Fire, kind of when he switched to his punk rock self, and he's completely abandoned i think he started the set with his one of his old rap songs maybe mixed in one throughout it but was just pure punk rock his new album did a paramore cover 
which was a ton of fun. Did a Kid Leroy cover with the, the song he's done with Kid Leroy. And then ended with um, Bloody Valentine, which one of the better sing-alongs sounded really, really good, even though he's not a good singer. So shout out to Machine Gun Kelly for Fireflies. Was really, really surprised that it was that much fun. And that pretty much wraps up the entire weekend, set by set. I hope you enjoyed the journey. Obviously not as fun as being there. But I'm going to stop talking now and hope, highly recommend, just to wrap it up, if any of these people come to your town, and you see them and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to that concert. Or if you're out of a festival and you don't know and you see the name Phoebe Bridgers, go. If you see the name Peach Pit, definitely go. Arlo Parks, highly recommend. Cage the Elephant, especially at a festival, must. The Killers, if they're going to be playing this set list, you definitely have to go to see the Killers, especially at a festival. Who else is really? Dominic Fike, up and coming. If you don't know him, definitely go check out his newest album. Glass Animals are obviously huge now for good reason. Crane Bin, like I said, if you need just a chill setting, no, no better music than that. Um, Tame Impala, stop hating on them. Kevin Parker's amazing and deserves to be all the praise that he's getting. And then the last day, Mount Joy, highly recommend live. Sophie Tucker, if you can see them and just want a dance party, go, go, go. Portugal the Man and Machine Gun Kelly too, even though his tour is pretty much ending, was one of the better moments of the weekend, unexpected surprises. So if I had to pick my biggest unexpected surprise, it would definitely be Sophie Tucker, I think was the most overachieving. And then if I had to give a best picture, it'd go to the killers slightly over Tame Impala. So that wraps it up. Hope you enjoyed my journey through Firefly Festival. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Rate, subscribe, tell your friends so I can keep growing this and make it my full-time thing. Thank you. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.